0: Hello, 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 my beloved listeners. This is Catherine Arange, your host of the My Dead Dragon podcast. And want to give a shout out to listener MTM number one, who shares um, a review of the podcast. So thank you for that. Five stars. And MTM says, love it. I'm already looking forward to each new episode. Love how fun and easy the conversations are and the simple tips and ideas that I can use right away. So thank you so much for taking the time to review my podcast that means the world to me and today I am super juiced up to be in conversation with Kelly Sparta and Kelly and I actually connected online because we are both in the process of moving to Panama and we are both uh, coaches and working in the spiritual space and the transformational space and so we just kind of zinged and hit it off right away. And so Kelly is this otherwise known as the spirit doctor is a transformational shaman, helping overachievers navigate their spiritual awakenings, step into their power and purpose and find their bliss. And Kelly, I can relate to all of that. (laughs) So really, really looking forward to this conversation. And I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the My Dead Dragon podcast and um, hoping you can start us out by sharing your story of how you came to realize that you had the choice to become the main character of your own story.
1: Oh the main character of my own story yeah so it was 1998. Hmm. And uh, I was in my Saturn return.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So
1: I was 28, and and when you're in, when you're 28 or 29, somewhere around there, is when you're when Saturn comes back to the place that it was in your birth chart, and uh, it tends to disrupt everything. Hmm. And uh, I would say that was accurate. Uh, I I had been married for seven years to a man who i loved but who i had nothing in common with mm. we had been in a cold war in our marriage despite all of the i mean i spent my childhood with my mother doing all kinds of personal growth and development stuff and and despite all of my tools i just we we could not mm. get out from under this we were stuck mm. and i begged for four years for him to go to counseling and he refused, and and uh and so you know that was the state of my marriage but from the outside everybody thought oh you've got this perfect life right and so i had this this business i was a successful real estate agent and i uh, had a full-time assistant i was working uh, in addition to 18 hours a week doing my real estate practice uh, which was full-time i was doing you know i was a top producing agent in my market Um, I also was running the Habitat for Humanity affiliate. Mm. And so, you know, 40 hours a week doing work as a president of that. And, um, and then I, you know, so here I am, I've got a bunch of friends, only some of whom I actually care about, right? Mm. Um, I've got a husband who, while is, you know, I call him my trophy husband, because he was gorgeous. Oh, my God. Mm. But he, we had nothing in common and we'd been in a cold war and, and I had a job that I had burned out on my first year in the business because I had worked a hundred hours a week trying to get everything done. Cause I'd been successful faster than I knew how to do what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, you know, all of this stuff stacked up that from the outside, I looked like I had a great life, you know, uh, married, big house, two cars, a dog, you know, the, the, pillar of the community successful business blah 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 from the outside it looked awesome from the inside I hated my life I hated mm-hmm.
0: it I had mm-hmm. done the
1: American dream checklist mm-hmm. you know it was like you're this these are the things that you do to be be happy and mm-hmm. I hated my life I was like I got there and I was like this sucks mm-hmm. I don't like it and so I literally raised it to the ground I just just destroyed my entire life. I divorced my husband. I made him take the dog. I sold the big house I never wanted. I moved into a tiny little house. Um and then I sold the business and I quit the, the nonprofit. And within a year I had also sold the tiny little house and moved to uh, Massachusetts to live with a bunch of people I'd met at the Renaissance fair. Wow. And yeah. My, my former business partner looked at me and said, you ran off and joined the circus. Like I, was like, I am the circus. Wrong. I am the circus. Yes. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wow. wrong. Um, and, and that was, that was the beginning of it. I, I stopped doing what the good little girl was supposed to do.
0: Mm. And I,
1: I started being the person I had wanted to be when I was growing up, which is Auntie Mame without the alcohol so wow if you've ever seen the the 1960 something movie by rosal with rosalind russell uh called auntie mame she's amazing and Mm. and, you know it's travel world traveler and you know big thinker and you know uh, hobnobs with musicians and Mm. great thinkers and actresses and you know all of this right and I was like, that's the life I want. I want a big life. I want a big mm. life filled with travel and filled with interesting people. And, you know, not this drudgery that I was yeah. like, and, and I needed, I needed to break out. And so I went and lived with a bunch of people who were alternative, Wow. <laughs> and, you know, they, it turns out that, you know, they took me to pagan festivals and they. The, you know, we, we went to, we did rituals uh, together mm. as a circle and we did healing work together. It turns out they all, they were all shamans, right? So mm. I, I ended up becoming a shaman as part of the process, but we lived together in this magical house for four years. Wow! And, and at the end of it, I thought, okay, it's time for me to move. The house was starting to disband and I couldn't get a place to stay. I applied for apartment after apartment after apartment, both with myself, by myself and with uh, roommates, you know, trying to get, get it and couldn't, couldn't find a place to live. And uh, six months later, I went to a festival and, you know, I'd been hopping couch hopping for six Mm. months because I, I literally could just, just couldn't find a place that would take me. Not, mm. not because I had bad references. They just wouldn't take me. Spirit was mm. like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, you're not settling down. You're, you know, mm. you you cannot you cannot settle." And uh, within you know a, a day of leaving that festival, I arrived in Bloomington, Indiana, where I followed somebody home from the festival. Who there there were a lot of lot of synchronicities that took me in that mm. direction. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm driving into Bloomington, Indiana, and I'm thinking I'm moving. And I drive into town, and having been a military brat and moved as many times as I have, I know when I'm home, and that was not home. And I went,
0: crap, mm. I'm
1: on walkabout.
0: Mm. And
1: I would be on walkabout for another six months after that. I, I'd given away everything I owned. I was going with nothing but the clothes that I had, and my car, and my camping gear. And I was, I was living on $350 a month of unemployment insurance and the kindness of strangers.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So okay, there's like so much there. I'm so like, much where so do fun. we start? Where do we no, no? It's like you're living a big life, right? It's like, yeah. no, you don't apologize. I live a big life. So, so in that, like I'm curious about the period of time. And, and for some people, there's like a moment. For some people, it's kind of like a series of moments where you like wake up, you fall asleep, you wake up, you fall asleep. So for you, mm-hmm. coming to realize, like, oh my God, I hate my life. Was it like, did you see that happening as you were getting into that life? Or was it where you hit a point and you realized, like, okay, I've checked the boxes and this sucks?
1: Yeah. So I knew six months into the marriage that it was a bad idea. Hmm. But my father had said at the reception, he said, it'll never last. I give it three months. Oh. And I was like, yeah. No, screw you. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not
1: doing it. I'm not going to give up because I'm not going to make you right. Right. And so I hung in for another six and a half years Mm. just to spite my father, which was not exactly intelligent, but, you know, it actually spurred the only time my father ever told me he was proud of me was when I said, I'm getting a divorce. And he said, well, I can't say you didn't give it the good college try because, Mm. you know, you really hung in there and worked at it. He said, I'm proud of you only time in my life. Now, all the things wow. that I've done, and I've got a lot of accomplishments under my belt. It yeah. was the only time he ever said it. So it's like, the irony is that I did it to spite him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you
0: know? There's, so there's some spiritual message uh, there. Yeah, That's your twenties for you, man. <laughs> right. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I knew six months in, it was a mess. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. And so mm. when, we got to Connecticut and uh the realtors were taking us out to buy a house you know uh they they were like oh you'd be really good at this and I was like yeah all right okay you know yeah um my my grandfather had been in construction my my aunt was a real estate agent my cousin was a mortgage officer I was like yeah you know I hadn't been involved with a lot of them but Mm -hmm. I was like yeah it's in the family it's the family it's in the family yeah Yeah. it's in the family And so, you know, and I was, I was really good at it, Um, but I, I did, I killed myself in the first year. I I, Mm. I had like 13 deals that were pending in one month and they were all with the same mortgage officer who disappeared in the middle. He literally became a missing person.
0: Oh my God. All of
1: those transactions. And so, you know, if, if anybody who's a realtor knows that if you don't have an assistant, Um, and you're trying to close more than two or three deals in a month, you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And I had 13 that were pending at the time he disappeared and I had to suddenly do all of his work too. Wow. So I I just, I literally fried myself. Mm. And I, it's so funny because I tried to go back after walkabout. I tried to go back and and sell real estate again for a little bit. And I had PTSD responses. Mm,
0: That's mm -hmm. how bad it was. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah. So I knew, I knew it was a problem, but I was like, oh, ah, well, I'm stuck here. I'm doing this. This is it's successful. I, I have a full-time assistant now, so I'm only doing it 18 mm. hours a week. It's okay. Right. Um, you, this, this, there are ways that we talk ourselves into continuing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like I, I, my husband and I would have the same argument over and over and over again and get nowhere. And I, I would start, you know, finally I would say, well, you don't want to get divorced. Do you? And of course I knew the first time the, the D word came out of my mouth that it was a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really waited to let that word out of my mouth
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he didn't take the hint. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, well, the energy's going South. And at the time I made the choice, I looked at it and I said, cause he didn't want to get divorced. He, he finally was like, I'll, I'll go to therapy. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, And I said, I looked ahead and I said, okay, if I don't go now, it'll be 10 years before Mm. I hit this choice point again. Mm. I will put my head down and I will come back up 10 years later and I will be
0: at the same place. Yeah.
1: And I, I just, I, somehow I just knew. Yeah. And I said, yeah, too little, too late. I said, Mm. you know, I wanted you to go to counseling because you cared that I was unhappy and you cared Mm. that you were unhappy. Now Mm. you're just going because you don't want to be divorced and that's not enough for me.
0: Mm. Right. So let's, let's look at that. I'd love to look at that choice point. Right. And that in that moment, there was a part of you that knew, here's an exit. Right. And, and there's a part of you that knew if I don't take it now, it's going to be 10 years. Yeah. And I will have lived the same year 10 times. Yes. So how, like, what was that part of you that knew that this, that here is this, like one of those moments in your life?
1: I I would, I would have to looking back on it now. um, I would have to say it was my higher self. Mm-hmm. right yeah that was my higher yeah. self talking to me it was my 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 higher self my spirit guides yeah know? yeah I, it was just I just tapped in and I knew and you know it was it, it there was a pivot moment right so just before I decided to get the divorce I was getting certified to train a program called Mind Empowerment International and the uh, I ended up in my hotel room getting a reiki treatment from uh, the guy who was uh, running the event Mm. because he said while we were sitting there he's like my hands just turned on who's the healing for Mm. and i was like wait what your hands turned on what does that mean and he said my hands are burning i was like my hands burn all the time you're telling Mm. me that means something you know, mm. I remember my entire childhood trying to cool my hands off on the metal parts of my desk in, in school, right? Because mm. my hands were burning. And he's like, yeah, it's your healing energy turning on. And I was like, ah, I said, well, that's probably for me. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> because, wait a minute. Hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: And so he's like, well, then why don't I come to your room tonight and I'll, I'll do a Reiki treatment for you. And I, and, and he did. And, um, he asked me to touch into my heart and I couldn't connect to my heart. I couldn't mm. find it. And mm. so he took me on this journey where he had me uh, walk down a set of stairs into my heart. Mm. And I just burst into tears because he's yeah. like, well, what does it look like? And I, oh. the walls were black and dripping. Oh. And, and I was just in deep tears. And he's yeah. like, well, why is your heart black and dripping? And I said, my, my husband's theme at the time and. And he, and that was the moment. I was like, that moment was that crystallization Mm. of discontent, right? Mm. That is the the moment where I was just like, yep, I'm done. Yeah, this is what he has done. And it was so subtle because I know he loved me. Yeah, but yeah, there was one. We were very young. We got married when I was 21 and he was 24, and Mm -hmm. he he was emotionally abusive in very subtle ways. Mm. And I don't think he ever really intended to be emotionally abusive, it's just yeah. the way he knew to be. Yeah. Right? And I know I was emotionally abusive, uh, which I also didn't know any better than and yeah. you know yeah. had to learn not to do. Um, and you know between us we we were quite toxic. Mm. Even though we loved each other. Yeah. You know? and yeah. It was it was messed up, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, you know, you're like, well, you know, it's one thing happens here and then two weeks go by and another thing happens there and whatever. And you don't Mm -hmm. see it all until you see the black and dripping walls. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, those choice points where you really, there is this knowing that if I don't make a change the cost to me, right, becomes too great. And even if you are someone who's been a people pleaser mm-hmm. or, you know, an empath or codependent or any of that stuff, there is this moment where you realize like the cost is, is literally your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it, I, I, there's no way I could have stayed. I yeah. would have felt like my soul was dying. Yeah you know yeah so it just and and I want to be clear I, I I don't I don't blame him I didn't even blame him then mm-hmm. right it was I chose to stay I chose to yeah. engage I chose yeah. to be there and I just needed to choose not to be
0: yeah and just two right? people loving each other and being very unskillful and not being able to do any better right
1: yeah we did the best we could yeah and we sucked at it yeah <laughs>
0: Right. And, and let's all raise our hands because if we're breathing, we've had times where we have sucked at life. Right. Right. Or parts of life, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so, so for you, you, it sounds like you were able to, to in that moment, see the enormity of, of the choice and, and what it would, what it would cost to stay. And so you, in that, in that instance chose, and I love how you said to raise it to the ground, like, Mm -hmm bringing the fire and brimstone here and just like a clean slate. So then how did you learn Kelly to start to really connect with your higher self, your intuition, the part of you that knew what was right for you?
1: So the funny part is, so I was raised in the new age movement. My mother said I was talking to ghosts in my crib
0: Hmm. And
1: so she brought me up with, you know, Seth and Ram Das and Abraham Hicks okay. and JC Knight. And, you know, we did psychic development classes and personal growth classes. She brought Est home. Do you know what Est is? Est, Est was a precursor to Landmark Forum. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was the not <clears throat> kinder, gentler version of Landmark Forum, which is pretty harsh to begin with, right? Interesting. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty in your face. And she brought that home when I was six years old. Wow. So when I say that I had been doing this stuff from a very early age. From the been, womb. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the fact mm. that I couldn't figure out my marriage made me crazy with mm. all of that background, right? And so- you know, when the time came, um, and I, I tapped in, I I had I had stepped away from my spiritual side because mm. um, well, I went to college and you know, college, you know, I became a stoner and you <laughs> know did my classes and college I did what all yeah. college students do. I was miserable because yeah. I wasn't hiking, backpacking Europe, which is what yeah. I wanted to do, but um instead of going to college, but I had to invalidate my, I would have invalidated my mother's existence. if I. Which had done that.
0: is so interesting. Cause we were talking about this in the pre-show
1: yeah.
0: how your, you shared and, and is it okay to share yeah, what yeah. you said about your yeah. mom? So that your, your mother had shared with you that her sole purpose for living was to get you to college.
1: Get me through college. Yes. Get you through
0: college, and so on the one hand, here's the, all of this like personal development stuff, and really like for the time, pretty woo, pretty out there, right? Pretty
1: oh, seriously woo, seriously
0: yeah. woo, and and yet you have to go to college.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, how do those two things exist
1: on the same frequency? It was the seventies, eighties. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. <laughs> like, well, there we hadn't go. They had not
1: evolved it yet, you know. So <laughs> it's just that thing, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah i i had stepped away from my spiritual path because i had not followed my heart which was yeah. going to take me to backpack europe and yeah of college and um and so i stepped away and i married a man who was an atheist mm, and you so, really stepped you know, away i really stepped away and ah. and um there was actually there was this this pastor oh. that came to my door at one point and he had one of those fervent new converts with him right you know the, the kind that's like oh Oh, you know, <laughs> let and, me tell you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the pastor came to the door and I said, yeah, you don't want to know what I believe. And he's like, no, I really do. And I said, I said, but yeah, if I tell you though, you know, he's going to have a crisis of faith. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. I can deal with him. I'm like, okay. And we literally had to sit outside on the porch because my mm. husband would not have us in the house talking about religion. And so we had, mm. we, we had this tiny little, you know, covered area that's just big enough for you to stand and put your mail in the mailbox. That's it, mm. you know, and the three of us sat outside for two and a half hours and had this conversation because I couldn't go into my own house and have the conversation. Mm. That's, that's where, that's kind of where things were. But, you know, by the end of the conversation, the pastor and I were like, wow, that was a really great conversation. And the guy who was with him was having a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Nailed you know, I it. Like, I did warn you he's like yeah. yeah but that that kind of was the primer for me mm. was that that visit from him mm. um and I went and got my Reiki certification mm. and I went and did the um the mind empowerment and an international piece because I was like for a way to get out of real estate at that point and um I ended up taking a, I, I didn't know why I took a self-defense class with a, a sensei Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, why are you here? You're, you're not my typical person. It's not like you mm-hmm. need self-defense. I'm like, no, nobody's going to mess with me. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, why are you here? I was like, I don't know. And then on his desk was a flyer about learning shiatsu, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ah, that's why I'm here. I need mm-hmm. to take that class. And I didn't know about it. And so I took the shiatsu class. And you know, all of this stuff
0: was yeah. showing up,
1: right? And so what happened was when things happened and my, uh, you know, when we separated and I was living in my new house, I literally just leaned into this. I wake up every morning and go, oh, I love my life right it was just this mm-hmm. moment of oh, i love my life i can get up i can do whatever i want i can buy whatever i want and i don't have to listen to him bitch about me and bitch about me spending the money and done da, 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 da. Oh, i love my life every day i was just i yeah. love my life i love my life i love my yeah. life and it was just this moment and the more gratitude i stepped into the mm. more connected i got to spirit mm-hmm. there was an entire year in which i was so connected because I was in such gratitude for a whole year, yeah. where I was just like, "Oh, yes, right? yeah,
0: and, yeah,"
1: and you know, over after that year, it just sort of faded, right? Mm. And I'm I have that connection to spirit now, but I have it from a very different place than yeah. I had it then, right? Yeah. But it's it was super connected at that point that whole year I was just way connected I was being Mm. I was being led places and Mm -hmm. told to do things and connected to people and I was I was creating change in different environments that I was walking into without even trying and yeah it was I was so I was so in tune Mm. because I had finally stepped back into myself yeah yeah
0: So how would you, so for, for my listeners and and it's mostly women, how would you, what would you offer for people who are wondering, how do I step back into myself? What what does that look like? How do I do that?
1: So, you know, the first thing you do is you stop caring what other people think Mm. or how other people are going to be impacted or how other people are going to feel about it right? Mm. It, it It's none of their business.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you, you have to prioritize what you need and let everybody else take care of themselves. Mm. I was blessed that I did not have children because mm. I don't know how I would have uh, navigated it had I had mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Um, but the being who I was, it, There were a lot of people who didn't appreciate or didn't understand what I was doing and why I was doing it. Yeah, and there was a lot of pushback. And Mm. I, you know, I both my parents were both, you know, both parents were supportive. They they were divorced, so it was ironic because I had the same conversation with both of them. Mm. They were both like, "Oh, I'm really sorry," and then then a long pause and a, "Do you want to come home?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please say no. Please say no. Please say no." Oh God, no! To which they
1: responded, <laughs> "Oh, th- oh, good." <laughs> just like, uh, like same same conversation with yeah. both of them. I yeah, was just like, like, "No, yeah. no, no! I'm not coming home. I'm just letting you know what the state of affairs is of my life." <laughs> just like, "Okay, so, um, mm. but you know, there's there's a lot of places where people will say no, and, or it's a bad idea, or what do you think mm. you're doing, or." you know, and we were, we were talking about this in the pre-show as well, the idea of giving up good for great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good is the enemy of great. Exactly. And you know, I'm doing that right now with my, with my life. We, yeah. You know, I've just gotten the hot tub that I wanted for 25 years as my definition of success and I just got it like 5 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Time to go to Panama." And, like, and I, I I literally looked at that and I was like, "Am I am I sabotaging? I don't know. Maybe I'm sabotaging, but I don't think I am. I think I I got there and I'm like, "Okay, now now what?" Right? What's next? And And I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit longer if we weren't where we are in the state of the U.S. right now. But, um, you know, it's time, right? And so part of what you have to do is you have to be willing to sacrifice what you have for the possibility Mm. of what you might create.
0: Mm. Yeah, Um, creating that space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, We as humans are inherently um, wired to fear loss. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, if you want to be able to really step fully into yourself is you have to, you have to let go of the fear of loss because mm-hmm. the, the inherent statement that you make when you fear loss is that this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Right. And if the possibilities are that things could get so much better, mm-hmm. then why would you hold on to what you have? Yeah. Right. Yeah, And so, you know, that's the piece is that, you know, where are you settling and what are you settling for? Mm, Boom. Um, That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so how would you, because I think it certainly, there's a part of me that when you say, well, just, you know, stop caring what other people think my, there's a part of me that's like, what? like, what? you could do that. Like how, wow, huh, wow. Like, wow. So, so it's not, I think for most people, it's not a, a switch that you just flip and they're just like, Oh, well, I no. just don't care anymore. Like it's yeah. a muscle. You got to build it. Right. So how um, do you,
1: it is, it, it yeah. is either a muscle you have to build or is a, um, it's a breaking point you have to hit. For me, it was a breaking point. Oh,
0: right? yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I see I hit that. hit the
1: breaking point And mm. then it was like, I don't freaking care what anybody thinks. I'm right. Fine, no right? more Fs to give. Yeah. But yeah. I got nothing left. Right. Mm. But the, you know, I, when I work with my students, I talk to them all the time about how to, you know, go through the process of letting go of what other people think. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's about learning how to step in and take space up in your own life. It's mm-hmm. about learning to not live in fear that somebody's going to get upset with you. Mm-hmm. It's about learning to, you know, face the f- the possibility of someone abandoning you or shunning you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just like shoving you out of their lives. Um and and to know that you're going to be okay yeah. even if that happens. It's like, yeah. you know what? Yep, that could happen and this is what I would do if that happened, right? Yeah. I'd be okay. You know, a a lot of, a lot of the fears that we have in life are a function of the, the, it's not the thing itself that we're afraid of. It's that Mm -hmm. we're not, we, we don't believe that we could handle it. Mm. And if you can make a plan to handle it, then the fear becomes very small.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even if the plan is i would be extraordinarily sad and lay flat on the floor crying my eyes out for three weeks and then i would get up and go and and you know yeah, do something else, get on with things right? but you know even if i would be non-functional for months yeah, yeah. is is part of the plan that's fine yeah. You're non-functional for months and then yeah. months, and then yeah. i would get up and go do something okay well then you know now you got a plan yeah i will be non-functional for months and then i will get up and go do something and and suddenly it's not a big deal anymore yeah
0: yeah it's like it's like really acknowledging it right yeah i think so often the fear we try to ignore it and then it just grows into something that that is just completely not based on reality but when we actually look at what is the worst that happens right what's the worst that could happen and okay and then how would you deal with that
1: Yeah. Yeah. The more you run from a fear, the bigger it gets. Mm
0: The faster
1: you, the, you know, the faster you turn and face it, the small, the faster it disappears. Yeah, it diffuses. Very small. Yeah. Mm.
0: And I love that. Um, take up more space in your life. And I'm just gonna invite people listening to consider that for yourself in this moment. What would it look like for me to take up more space in my life? What would that look like? And so Kelly how can people connect with you? And you also have a book. I would love to hear about your book. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yes. So I have a book called The Overachiever's Guide to Nailing Your Spiritual Growth in Record Time.
0: Do I know my people or what? <laughs> uh, you <laughs> know your people. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a 30,000 foot overview. You know, the biggest challenge is that uh, in the spiritual world is that there is no curriculum. Mm. You come in, you take a two-hour class here, you do a retreat there, you study with this person over here, you watch 50 million videos on YouTube, Mm. you read 20,000 books, and you now don't know how any of the material connects to itself, Mm. right? And you don't, and on top of it, you don't know how anything connects, and you still don't know how to make yourself feel better, Mm. right? And so what the book does is the book connects how you're feeling with what the wounds are, Mm. And it explains to you, I did 3000 energy scans over the course of like six years. Mm. And they were all on people who were on a spiritual path. And in doing so, I identified 38 common blocks and wounds that these people are dealing with. Nobody has all of them, but everybody has some of them. Mm -hmm. And so those wounds are laid out in the book and it explains to you exactly what The wounds are where they come from. How to address them? You know, a starter Mm -hmm. plan for how to start to address them and what the Mm -hmm. issue is. And so, you know, nine tenths of the effort in a spiritual journey is figuring out what the problem is, naming it, and then finding a solution that works. Right? Mm -hmm. That's nine tenths of the work. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm trying to eliminate that nine tenths of the work for people. Right? Mm -hmm. And so it it goes into that and it goes into what the spiritual growth process is and how to know where you are in your spiritual growth process it talks about the spiritual traps that people mm-hmm. fall into it talks about the process of change itself and how that process works and what to expect from it so that you don't quit just before you succeed mm-hmm. which is what mm-hmm. happens with a lot of people mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 an overview of what it takes to grow and change as a person Mm. and how to step into your happiness right Mm. wow that's what I do with the book and then what I do with the podcast because I have a podcast called Uh spirit sherpa and the podcast was designed to take people and bring them from the discovery phase which is the oh, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm. This is not okay. I'm unhappy. I have to find a solution. And people come into the spiritual world and they're like, is this the solution? I don't know, right? Right. And then it takes them through to the next stage, which is the proof and proselytizing stage. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this stuff really works. I must tell mm-hmm. everyone I know and drag them out to classes with me so that they don't think I'm nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it takes them through that stage and into the, uh, the prove it stage where you know, mm-hmm. could I actually do this? Can I really do this? Can I learn how to do this? Where you're still looking for the magic pill When you haven't quite realized that you are the magic pill. So
0: you are the magic pill. pill.
1: (laughs) And so it takes them into that. And so the idea of the podcast was to take people through those stages very quickly, because what I find Mm. is that when people come in, they get lost in the bright and shiny. And so they'll be like, ooh, crystals, ooh, tarot cards, ooh, angels, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. Squirrel, ooh.
0: squirrel, squirrel.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And they that, that they're unhappy and that that's yeah. why they came and they, yeah. they go down rabbit holes and they get lost for two to five years. Mm. And my goal with the podcast was to shorten that distance mm. to, to say, okay, here's 10 or 15 episodes. And then I'm going to remind you that you came here to be happier, mm-hmm. not to play in crystal land. Right. That that you came to try and find a path to to that works for you, that that gives you the magical life that you've wanted. Right. And and so, you know, that's what the podcast was designed for. The interesting thing is that in the first year I recorded it, I kept getting comments from my my friends who were all like five, 10, 15 years into their journey, who were going, Oh my God, I love your podcast. And at the time I was doing all beginner topics and I was like, why, why -hmm. do you love my podcast? You've been doing this stuff for ages. Why, why are you even listening to my podcast? It's a beginner's podcast. They're like, no, 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 you don't understand. You are taking every two hour class, every book, every video, everything we've ever learned and stitching it all together into a full big world picture. Mm. And I was like, I am. Mm. <laughs> he said yeah I was like well I think about it that way so I'm not surprised to hear it but it was not my intention right <clears throat> and so that's the other piece that the mm. podcast does and we're now four years in and so what started off as a beginner's podcast is now moved into the intermediate phase mm. because you know we've the audience has evolved as the podcast has evolved. So yeah. what I'm going to say is if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, okay, I, I think I might want to try this podcast. If you're, if you're a beginner, start at the beginning. Mm, if mm-hmm. you're more advanced, start about halfway to two thirds of the way through. Mm. Um, not to say that you wouldn't get anything out of the earlier stuff because clearly yeah. my friends did, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but you can start a little later. Yeah, I, Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those things that I've, My purpose in life is to shorten the distance between where people are and stepping into their authentic selves and to Mm -hmm. live out their purpose in the world. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my goal in life. That's my Mm -hmm. mission on the planet. So um, I spent my entire life studying this stuff and Mm -hmm. codifying it and simplifying it and bringing it down to the bare minimum necessary to get through the work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we're here to live and experience life, right? Yes. And so the spiritual tools and principles are there to serve us in the expression of this life. And, and yeah, it can be, it it can sometimes be a, a common thing where people get stuck in or trapped in or focused in on, and they're not looking up and actually living their life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, how can people connect with you? And of course, for all my listeners, these are all in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. So, uh, the podcast is spirit Sherpa and you can find that on any podcast player, or you can go to spiritsherpapodcast.com and okay. find it there. Uh, you can find my website, which is Kelly Sparta, K E L L E Sparta, uh, like the Greek city state. Um, Arr, dot com. Yeah. Arr, I Arr, am Sparta. I right? am Sparta. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so you can find me there as well, and uh, the book. I believe we're going to put the book link in the show notes as well. Yes, we sure so will. Yeah, we sure will. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Okay, and so Kelly, any anything left needing to be said as we bring this in for a close?
1: So the the very first step in your spiritual path in your journey to yourself is the hardest mm. because it looks like you're walking off a cliff and you have no idea that just beyond the clouds is a soft landing. Mm. So take the step, take the step, take the step, have the faith, yeah. trust that the universe will have your back, mm-hmm. but do it because it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. It's the-, the best decision you'll ever make.
0: Mm, love that thank you thank you thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story I have so appreciated connecting and uh maybe we'll be neighbors in Boquete Panama I'd love maybe, that maybe maybe that'd yes. be kind of fun and
1: maybe.
0: to all of my listeners as always thank you so much for tuning in and reaching out I love hearing from you And, uh, until next time, remember that you, dear one, deserve to live a life that you love and I'll catch you on the next episode.